repeat after me. They know. They know. We know. We know. The whole world knows. Just awesome. Celebration continues. Ever since about 2.45 Central Time on Saturday, it's just uh, it's been a celebration. Thanks to the OU social media team for continuing the celebration last night. When is the celebration going to end? When, when do we need to get back focused as a fan base on the UCF game? Monday? Should we get the weekend at least? Well, here's my thing, Tyler. As long as the team's focused, I don't really care. You know, I, I, I feel like... You know, get the team focused. Team's already focused on UCF, Tyler. They celebrate a little bit, and I know Danny did the, the Jim Rome show, and he, he obviously um, went on Pat McAfee today. But, I mean, they're padded up for practice. Like, they're ready to go. They're, they're playing to a standard, right? So, But I feel like, uh, I mean, we can keep talking about it. I mean, I, I got no problem talking about it because, I mean, look at that video, and it, just the seven, seven-and-a-half-minute video, right? I mean, you can take – you can take 15 things from that video alone, Tyler. You can take, you know, the, you know, the Miguel Chavis, right? Make them like it and then line it up again and make it like it again, right? You can take Venable's speech. You can take Danny's speech. You can take the dancing at the end, right? Luke Elzinga with the moves there at the end. You could take, I mean, Jaleel Farouk. You could take all the, the orange smoke bomb behind him. You can, you can take, all that stuff. Like, there's so much to break down even just in that alone. And then you've got the Danny's interviews today. I'm sure you'll have more stuff. You've got, you know, coaches that'll do stuff. we we got a lot to talk about, Tyler. Yeah. No, look, I I say uh, back focus as a fan base because uh, we, we normally get a few texts a day like, well, come on. Uh, remember the Iowa State week? Well, golly. I oh, hope geez. the team's more focused on Iowa State than this radio show is. It's like, God, it has no impact on the game whatsoever. And by the way, OU stomped Iowa State. So I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm going to celebrate through the weekend and probably even uh, into midweek next week is uh, more than likely how I'm going to go about it. 405, it says celebration continues. Wait until you see OU DNA released later on this afternoon. Yeah, someone texted in about that earlier. I, uh, I bet it's awesome. Hey, speaking of uh, sports betting, you can bet on this team's over-under for wins right now. The thing is, Travis, FanDuel has an over-under on OU's wins in the regular season. The over-under is now at 11.5. Some of us us got OU over 9.5 wins before the start of the year. Yeah, that was me. I got OU at over 9.5 wins. Now you're betting on if they're going to go undefeated in the regular season or not. That's, That's what the new line is. Yep, I got them at nine and a half uh, before the season when I was out in Sin City as well. Yeah, eleven and a half, Tyler. Ooh, that's that's tough, right? Regular season, right? So everybody uh, realize we're not talking about the Big Twelve Championship. So the remaining six games. Oh man, I mean, we're so heavy. We're going to be. What do you think? Double digit favorites in every game we play the rest of the year, Tyler? Um, y- yes, I think so. And th- yeah, and this is a team that is six and zero currently against the spread. Man, they Man, really are a great team. Spread can't I mean, even keep up with them up to this point. Exactly. Hey, good teams. Uh, good teams win. Great teams cover. We keep saying it, Tyler. So, yeah, six and zero against the spread. I I would have to. I would I would have to take the over, Tyler. I would have to because again, you're you're double and and 
and this is not me, you know, guaranteeing it or saying it's going to happen, this, that, or the other, but just from a financial standpoint, the the odds I feel like are in my favor. If if the sports book can't keep up with getting this line right, and we keep on beating the odds, beating the odds, beating the odds, beating the odds, then there's no reason to believe that we can't beat this one. Ardmore Sooner says, absolutely still celebrating. Texas tears are the saltiest. God, that has been the truth this week. They are the saltiest, man. Uh, 580 will celebrate until October 1st of 2024. Sooner Gundy says, we can celebrate this as long as you want. Uh, SEC Snob says, that clip still shows us the boss is still the boss. Still epic as ever. Booma! And I think uh, you and I can both agree on this one, on that one. Jeff from OKC, or Jeff in OKC, says, Do we have to be careful not to create too much bulletin board material for a rematch? Jeff, I say no to that. OU fans aren't the ones creating the bulletin board material for the rematch. Somehow it's the team that's lost that is creating all the bulletin board uh, material for a rematch. I mean, am I wrong about that? I- yeah, I'm not yeah. seeing much from the OU side. Yeah, I put that out there, uh, you know, kind of a situation where all these, uh, you know, power ratings and everything like this saying, well, you know, Texas is the better team still. Texas would still be favored. We don't need to. And, Tyler, Texas egos are so big, I don't think they even have a bulletin board. (laughs) They don't need one, yeah. Oh, gosh, those guys. So easy to hate. Say it all the time, man. But when they were handing out rivals – Oh, you got the best of them all because, as Ardmore Sooner said, their their tears are the saltiest after you beat them. They're just so easy to hate and so fun to beat, by the way, too. It was awesome. Still is awesome. Middle of this week. 580 says, is BV National Coach of the Year at the moment? So, I think it was, who was it, on three earlier today? They had a, uh, they had a short list for Coach of the Year in college football. And, and I don't think that this is probably – I don't think that this is too surprising, Travis, but Brent Venables was one of the three listed as the favorite for uh, Coach of the Year. You have Jeff Brom at Louisville, who's listed there with Brent, and you have Mike Elko at Duke that's listed there as well, and Craig Bull at Wyoming. But, yeah, Brent Venables is on the short list. He's a front runner um, for Coach of the Year candidate and – if they win the conference and they're in the playoff, I think that he will win Coach of the Year after what happened last year. Oh, absolutely, especially because it was a very high-profile hire, Tyler. Like, everybody in the sport, everybody voting on that, they know who Brent Venables is. So with that, with the, you know, and I think being across from Texas as a rival and how much publicity they get and how many eyeballs were on that game last year, when you talk about a turnaround I mean, sure, a lot of people say, well, the Big 12, you know, is down this year, and they wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But at the same time, like, it's at a place like OU. Last season was extremely public in its failures, and this year is extremely public in its successes. So, yeah, I think he's a shoe-in. Uh, Camo Sooner says, Tyler, you got to get that Nash guy on the show and ask him his reasoning for thinking they whooped us. You know, I don't think he deserves airtime on the show. I, I like the thought there, Camo Sooner, but – we would get fined by the FCC because he'd drop, uh, you know, numerous four-letter words. But d- does he deserve airtime on this station, Travis? I don't know if Nash does. Oh, absolutely not. Pretty no bad taste way. by him. He's, uh, we're going to have to – first of all, I don't know how we get a hold of him. I don't know the directions to the corner of his room where he's currently curled up crying. So I'm not sure how to get a hold of him. Not that I would ever want to. So that's the thing. It's, you know – at this point, he's even admitted it on Twitter that he's just 
you know, trying to troll OU fans and whatnot. I mean, even by showing the clip of Devondre Sweat, you know, in the first two minutes in the first quarter, you know, having a good game before he was completely made a non-factor by true freshman Caden Green. I mean, even going to stuff like that, shouting, being emotional, crying. You know, oftentimes, Tyler, when people type out stop crying or cry more, something like that, I always find it funny because most people are staring at their phone, scrolling through Twitter with no emotion on their face, no emotion usually in their tweets, and these other people are saying, you're crying, you're emotional, you're angry, you're in your feelings, this, that, and the other. Nash Talks Texas is absolutely in his feelings. Good. Good. <laughs> absolutely in his feelings. So, no, no airtime for little Nash. So, when they match up again in the Big 12 championship, and OU wins that game again, because I I, I feel like OU's going to win that game again. They were the better team. They were the more physical team. That's not the end product of what OU's going to be. Caden Green and Peyton Bowen and PJ and so many other players on this team are only going to continue to get better as the year goes on. Is the second win going to be as sweet as the first win, or, or how's, that, how's that going to work out? The tears are going to be salty. And as this texter said on the text line, I'm using their salty tears in my margarita, <laughs> which I, I like. But I, I just wonder if the second win is going to be as great as the first one. It's, it's going to be close, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what the narrative is the rest of the season, right? Because you lose a couple of things. You lose the, uh, you know, the nobody believes in us. You have a little bit of it because people are going to, you know, continue to, you know, poke holes in this win. But if you keep on stacking wins, Tyler, I don't think you can legitimately go, you know, a 12-0 and Oklahoma team saying, well, you know, who have they played? You know, who have they beat? Who is this team really? Oh, but they'll try. Like, I'm sure they'll try. They'll try. They'll try, but but it'll lose a little bit of his edge. But, you know, and it's, again, the golden hat, the this, that, and the other. It'll have different things involved with it, right? Your Mark handing the trophy and, and this, that, and the other. But I don't know, man. Just You can't beat the environment, especially going to such a sterile place like Jerry World. But there's a championship involved. They're both going to be good for different reasons. I love this text from KW918. Uh, Britt will win National Coach of the Year. But he he won't win it in the Big Twelve. <laughs> oh, you will go twelve and zero, and they'll have one one player on the All Big Twelve team at the end of the year. I can't wait! Oh I can't wait gosh. for a uh, I can't wait for an All Big Twelve linebacking core to leave Jeez. out Jalen Ford and Danny Stutzman. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, real quick. So Steely, I thought that this was a fun idea since we're at the midway point of the regular season. He has his top ten players for OU up to this point. Let's uh, let, let's see if we agree or disagree with this list, okay? So at number one, he's got Dylan Gabriel, best performance, you know, through the first six games of the year. Danny Stutzman at two. Gentry Williams at three, which I don't hate. Billy Bowman at four. Andrell Anthony at five. Drake Stoops at six. Woody Washington at seven. Tawi Walker at eight. Jaleel Farouk at nine. Jaron Canick at 10. What, what are the immediate ones that you would change there from that top 10? I feel, I feel like you got to move Tawi up um, simply because, man, the injury to Javante, he didn't quite get back, hasn't still got back to his Cheez-It Bowl form. Heck, they haven't looked that good since it was the Cheez-It Bowl, Tyler. Now it's the Pop-Tart Bowl. You know, Gavin Sawchuk, again, whether it's conditioning, whether it's really trusting that leg, hasn't been himself. Marcus Major, 
you know, we kind of, you know, we he is what he is at this point. Um, you know, a solid guy that can go and, and get you some yards, but I don't know if he can be the bell cow. Tawi, I mean, has really been the hardest guy to tackle. He's he's scored twice. And if Javante Barnes scored twice in a Red River game, we'd be crowning him oh, the he's, MVP. He's running back number one moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's Tawi Walker does it. Not Tawi Walker does it. He scores twice from the goal line through a really, really good Texas interior defensive line, and he has a signature play where he catches the ball, turns, there's four Texas defenders squared up to him. He gets hit by three of them at the same time, and one's hanging on his waist. He somehow gets out of that, picks up the first down, and uh, with a minute six left, about a minute left in the first half, gets out of bounds. I mean, plays like that, he's got the signature plays, he's got the production to back it up, and, and he's just a good story. So I would put Tawi a lot higher personally. What say you? I would have Nick Anderson in the top ten. And once that was brought to Steely's attention, I, he was like, yeah, I would have Nick Anderson in the top ten. I, I think that you got to have him in the top ten as it sits now. Um, I actually really like Gentry at three. I just think that he's played at such a high level uh, up to this point. And kind of like uh, Peyton Bowen, he just feels like a guy that – you know, one or two times a game is going to make a big play. He's not perfect, but he is, he's got some real big play potential. And I think I would move Jalil Farouk up a little bit more. Um, he had probably the game of his career last week, and I know that he wasn't the leading receiver up to this point. I just – I weigh really heavily what you did last Saturday in a game of that magnitude. So I'd have Farouk a couple of spots higher because he was incredible in that uh, in that uh, game in the Cotton Bowl last Saturday. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree for sure. And and one thing is, Jaleel Farouk's story is a very interesting one, right? Because he followed Caleb Williams to Oklahoma. And a lot of people thought when they saw Mario Williams enter the portal, literally Texas fans, USC fans, OSU fans, everybody was like, oh, it's only a matter of time. Jaleel Farouk, bye-bye. And... What did he do instead? He stuck around, and he's the one that's out there, you know, standing in the in the smoke, right? He's the one taking on the whole team in the in the warmups. He's doing that. Like Jaleel has really gone from the the you know the talented wide receiver that you know came with Caleb Williams to Oklahoma to really standing on his own and becoming just a really cool story on this Oklahoma football team. Good point by Sooner Gary. First time in years where a top ten list isn't long enough to name all the key players. Yeah, Anderson and Bowen, uh, he had outside of his top ten, and you can uh, you can definitely make a case for, for both of those. But the top ten list has basically been, all right, let's put the quarterback there at one, let's put the best wide receiver at two, the best running back at three, the best offensive lineman at four, and then scatter some other offensive players, and then maybe round out the list with the one defensive guy towards the bottom. Not the case yeah. anymore, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of looked like our drafts, right? It was man, bunch of offensive players picked, awesome. Hey, how many defenders went? Hey, you know what? We don't talk about that. Don't worry about it. But it's, uh, it, you know, I, I just got a message from my buddy Jacob, and he said if you're going to uh, base it off of. Uh, you know, if you're going to weigh more heavily performance in the OU Texas game, Ethan Downs is going to creep up that list, right? Seriously. Yeah, he's at least an I mean, honorable mention. Yeah, if nothing else. I mean, all Big Twelve preseason selection. He, I don't know what they kind of rocket fuel they fed him before the game, but if we get that version of Ethan Downs the rest of the season, boy oh boy. I think it was the burn orange smoke that they had on their end of the stadium that just got him going. Which, by the way, I've never seen them do that before. 
and it looks like they just blew a bunch of smoke in their own fans' faces. Is that is that not what happened on Saturday? Yeah, I'd what be I'd be annoyed if I were sitting behind there. I can't I can't see the field anymore. Get this smoke out of my face. Uh, and that was so and, funny. and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. Maybe I just haven't noticed it in the past. But when did Texas put sparklers on their flags? Uh, I did. I have not noticed that sparklers. Do you not see when they ran the Texas flags out the the specific flags that had the T E X A S letters on them uh. had had sparks flying out the top of the flagpole. Interesting. They I, were. I, I did see they had a li- some issues there rolling out the state uh, the state flag of Texas uh, that which which was which was comedy hour. So they provided the comedy before kickoff. The orange smoke in their own fans' faces and the the flag. There were some issues there. It's 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 great. Which by the way, isn't there a whole lot of pressure on those, especially like the state flags on both sides? You got one in cheering, one in booing, and the 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 fans that are booing are just waiting for somebody to trip and make it a disaster. A lot, yeah, of, pre- that, a lot of pressure there. They're staring you down, staring you down, no doubt. But but yeah, what. what Speaking of unveiling the flags, like when they, when they went with the Texas State flag uh, down there, I guess that would be on the east side, like northeast side of the stadium, essentially. Like it was awesome seeing it was Jaden Gibson. I think the son was down there. Maybe Jaleel was down there. Just giving all those Texas fans the business as they were trying to do that. What's crazy is a lot of them couldn't see it because the flag was in their face. So they, I think when they when they finally looked up, you got these three Sooner players just barking at them. I mean. After hearing the pregame speeches, I'm not shocked. I laughed too hard at a text for the 580 that wasn't smoke. Bevo just farted. Um, <laughs> one, one more for you to break. Drew from Flower Mountain says, What's up, boys? Do we know who is redshirting this year? Um, like, I, I don't think that Jackson Arnold will. Like, I, I think most of those, I, I would say for probably most of those, they have a pretty good idea, but I don't think that. With guys like Jackson Arnold or even maybe even Jacquez Petaway, they're overly concerned with having a red shirt. I, I don't know. I would say most of those were probably already predetermined. Drew, do you do you have any definite red shirts uh, that we've seen up to this point that are that are noteworthy? I, I mean, you have to assume guys like Marcus Strong, Phil Pachotti, yeah. Taylor Heim. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the running back situation is. Um, if they kind of make sure Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers are shut down the rest of the year. Obviously, Eric McCarty uh, came off that bad injury. So, I mean, they're not rushing him out there by any means. Um, You know, it really comes down to if they're burning them on special teams or something like that because really, I mean, when you think of just the the true freshmen that have played enough up to this point, you've obviously got P.J., you know, Jackson, they don't plan on him redshirting anyways because that's a guy that's going to be three years and gone regardless. So you're, a redshirt would be nonsense for Jackson Arnold. Uh, I think Petaway, especially with the Andrew Anthony injury, is going to see more time. Obviously, Peyton's already burned his. Sammy Amosigo, believe he's already burned his. Caden Green's obviously going to burn his. Macari Vickers is going to burn his. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's really – Really, just when you look at the recruiting class, a lot of them probably on the lower side, especially offensive line, because outside of Caden Green, they aren't pushing a lot of those guys through, right? Because the offensive line, you just simply don't rotate that much yeah. throughout the uh, throughout the game. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody who would really shock you, Tyler, yeah. is the short answer that's, to that question. That, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, man, texts are rolling in right now. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll get to those more OU football. Andy B's, that's where Travis is at in Tulsa. More to come next right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. 
The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. A foster parent. Sponsored by Oklahoma Human Services. What would it take for you to bring your whole self to work? At Oklahoma Human Services, your whole self can help a whole lot of people. Visit okdhs.org slash careers to learn more. Sponsored by Oklahoma Human Services. At Wade Electric, we care about our community. We care because we live, work, and raise our families here. We take pride in our work because not only is it a reflection of us, but it's a reflection of our community as well. Wade Electric has been serving Oklahoma since 1969. Whether it's a remodel or new construction, our qualified installers can help. Don't do it yourself. Leave it to the experts at Wade Electric. Call 405-329-1940 to speak with our trusted professionals. Danny friggin' Stutzman, OU legend, OU legend Danny Stutzman is how we're going to remember number 28, I'll tell you that much. Dude is playing at a high level, and what a moment that was last night when uh, OU released that social media video. Just awesome. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa today. What's going on at Andy B's? Man, I love it here. This place this place is so much fun. Hey, guys, as you can hear, the bowling in the background here, but they've got so much more. They've got the go-karts. They've got pool. They've got a uh, Halloween pop-up bar. So, uh, you know, it's Nightmare on Andy B Street. They've got themed drinks, live entertainment. Um, you know, you can book parties. I think that room holds up to 125. So, like, corporate parties, everything like that. It's really, really cool. Ryland just showed me that the other day. Um, and they've got some really cool midweek stuff going on, man. Every Tuesday in October, they've got music bingo from 7 to 9. You've got Wednesday's trivia night, 7 to 9. And Thursday's is karaoke, 8 to 11. And, of course, on service industry night, Wednesdays, that's every Wednesday. This is the craziest deal, Tyler. i, I got to start doing this. Yeah. 7 p.m. to close, $7 unlimited bowling with beer and food specials for all service industry employees. Mm. And they've got their, oh, I mean, $7 unlimited bowling. You and I would tear that up, Tyler. Yeah, um, especially with baseball playoffs, football on every single night. I, yeah, I could do that. I mean, and you could, I mean, uh, just get the get the game set up right there while you're bowling just crazy. Oklahoma City location is opening later this fall, by the way. That address is 11917 North Pennsylvania Avenue, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Looks like uh, they are about to start doing renovations soon to the Cotton Bowl. $140 million in renovations are about to be poured into the Cotton Bowl, and this is really going to happen uh, over a two-year period. I saw in the, the Dallas Morning News that they were uh, had a story out about it. So, so basically, Travis, I, what they're going to try to do is basically make the experience more comfortable for the 90-plus thousand fans that are there. Over two years, they're going to widen the concourses there, which is needed. Um, they are going to enhance the Wi-Fi, 
which is uh, definitely needed. Thank God. Yeah. So just like just walking around in the concourse, more concession areas available. Like that's the biggest thing that they really needed to do. I don't really think that they needed to add seats. And not that that place is really set up for you to add any more seats that are already there. But widening the concourses, making it more of a comfortable experience, making concessions a lot easier, better Wi-Fi. I think that's that's what most people want. And it, it sounds like over two years that's going to happen. And the game will not be interrupted. They're still going to be able to play it there next year and in 2025. But uh, this is this is good, man. I'd like to hear that they're pouring in $140 million into the old place. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm sure that was uh, linked, Tyler, to some pretty heavy – uh, contractual agreements of, hey, we're not moving this game. This game is going to continue to be here for as long as, you know, as long as at least the parties involved are, uh, are, are all in agreement. So you don't dump $140 million in a, into a stadium that's anywhere close to, be, to losing its biggest draw. And my thing is, Tyler, I'm glad you brought up adding seats because it, it, it brings up OU, right? Everybody talks about got to get to 100, got to get to 100 if you're in the SEC. Tyler, I would rather have the nicest big stadium in the country than the biggest nice stadium in the country. I think I think that's much different. I think bathrooms, I mean, just like Cotton Bowl, bathrooms, concessions, make sure people can eat and drink quickly and efficiently and make sure people can uh, relieve themselves in the middle of the game quickly and efficiently and get back to the action, although in the Cotton Bowl, Man, you had plenty of time because there were so many reviews Man, and timeouts and this, that, and the other. You know, it's um, they, they actually did a better job this year. Like I like a couple of years ago, the 2021 game, if you wanted a water or a beer or really anything from the concession line, good luck, man. You're, you're standing in that thing for 45 minutes. Like, it wasn't happening. But they had people walking around with beer. Like, uh, they, they made it a lot more accessible this year. So, so that is... That is heading in the right direction, which I, which is what I like to see. But I totally agree with you on OU, man. The, the, the capacity that it's at right now is exactly where it needs to be. Make it a tough ticket. Make it to where you're selling out every single game. It's around 87,000. 87,000 can still be loud. 87,000 can still be deafening. Travis, 87,000 can still be one of the toughest environments in all of college football. Who cares about that 100,000 threshold? You know who cares about that? The schools who think it's a measuring contest like A&M in Texas. That's who cares about it because Texas has a 100,000-seat stadium, and they don't even sell it out half the time. I see empty seats there all the time. OU's fine where it is right now. It kind of gets on my nerves a little bit when people say, add just to add. It doesn't make sense at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it seems insecure, Tyler. Is what it really sounds like. It, it seems insecure, but no. Our, Your program isn't longer... about the stadium. Your program's about much more than that. You got much more to flaunt than than that. Absolutely. Well, and Tyler, you know, uh, let's see. The loudest NFL stadium is Arrowhead, right? Didn't they do like yeah specifically measure that out? Arrowhead has seventy six thousand seats. It's it's not about adding an extra twenty thousand seats, ten thousand seats. Just, I think that I think that eighty-seven thousand comfortable, hydrated, you know, people that aren't dealing with heat stroke. I'll tell you what, give everybody an extra inch and a half on on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, give them more room, allow them to be comfortable. I think those people are more likely to be engaged with the game that's going on, and and able to strain. Right? You hear about you know Brent Venables always saying strain. Right? 
that those big third downs, those big fourth downs, when they need to be loud, when they need to be engaged, if they are well hydrated and happy and comfortable, they will be as loud as any stadium in the country. KW918 says, until the 87,000 prove they can impact the game instead of leaving early, no need to expand to 100. Uh, 405 says, chances that OU Texas play a night game after the move to the SEC. I'm not going to put that at zero, Travis. I'm going to put it at 1%. 1% that OU and Texas play a night game after the move to the SEC. And the only reason I put it at 1% is on the off chance that there's terrible weather and the game gets delayed five, six hours, and then you have to kick it off uh, well after 11 a.m. That, that would be the only way. Well, the, I mean, the first quarter almost made it into a night game if it, uh, if it lasted any longer. We were about to have a uh, 11 to 8 p.m. game. Seriously. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, if, if you've been to the Cotton Bowl, if you've been to the State Fair, obviously, and you kind of drive around those areas around the fair – yeah, it's it's not going to be a night game. Let's just leave it at that. Unless there's a weather delay. And could you imagine that place after a six-hour weather delay where oh, all, all people God. are doing is going outside and drinking the entire time? And just covered Woo! in powdered sugar. Yikes. Just, just a, I mean, it's going to be either well, orange smoke from, from Bevo. Hopefully from funnel yeah. cakes is that powdered sugar. <laughs> yes, hopefully. That's funny. Do you feel like, uh, and maybe this is because OU, ha- or OU Texas it had, what, over 9 million watched the game on Saturday, the most viewed college football game of the weekend. But that was an amazing atmosphere. One of the best atmospheres I've ever seen for an OU-Texas game. But obviously it's not the first time that they, they played it like, I mean, they, they play it like this every single year. I, I just feel like the atmosphere and everything that went into Saturday is getting more exposure nationally than it has in the past few years. I don't know if you felt that or not. I don't know if you disagree with that or not. I just feel like more people are talking about that atmosphere than they normally do coming out of that game. Yeah, I, I think it's just because a lot of people are experiencing it for the first time. I mean, obviously, Pat McAfee, who has a massive audience. I know a lot of people don't like that he's got a massive audience, but it is what it is. So with that, I think him being there for the first time. I mean, I was even talking to Aaron Murray, the former Georgia quarterback, about it, and I asked him, hey, are you ready for the uh, – are you ready for OU Texas to be the best SEC rivalry day one that they enter the sec and even he said well i mean it's going to be number two maybe around florida and georgia but it's not going to be oh, the iron on. bowl it's not going to be alabama Auburn. yeah three win thing. florida team in the mid mid late october it's exciting and then, there aaron and then he said well you know hopefully one day i get to go there and that's the thing i think i think tyler more and more people whether that's a josh pate whether that's uh pat mcafee whether that's anything like that like more people that have just a different perspective and more national perspective that's not maybe directly tied to just networks while they're there, um, at least calling the game, right, not just with Fox every day. Like, I think you're just getting a lot more eyeballs on it from a new crowd, and I think yeah. the new crowd, as they come away impressed by it, they're going, holy crap, because even Josh Pate said, look, there is nothing like it. And Josh Pate goes to whatever game he wants every single weekend for the last three years. So it's his second time there, and he said, look, it's the best environment because you can leave in the middle, get a funnel cake, get some beers, the 50-50, the governor's meeting at the middle, all the different flags. Everything is perfect about it, Tyler. Well, uh, he's had a rough day today after his uh, own rankings uh, came out today. Oh, boy. Well, and I knew that he would because, A, OU Twitter is they're, – they're menaces. Like, they'll come after you. And, and we were – especially after that video came out last night, everybody was still hopped up on, on adrenaline and – for those that have been consuming the, uh, you know, late kick, 
with JP or with Josh Pate for a long time, they know that the JP poll is literally just rating teams based on who would be favored in a neutral site, and right? It's always Going love forward. Texas like every other. Uh, yeah, it's he literally has said the model would pick Texas to win the AFC East. For some reason, the model is constantly drunk on Texas. Those are Josh Pate's words, not mine. So there's a reason that when he tweeted that, he immediately ta- uh, tweeted in a thread an explanation of saying, these are not rankings. <laughs> these are not rankings. These are power ratings based on the model. Tough so, day. And it, it didn't stop OU Twitter, man. They got after him, man, like piranhas. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll get to your text. More OU football as well right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Hello. This is a prepaid call from... Nephew, it's me again. An inmate at the county correctional facility. To accept this call, press 1 now. Oh, great. What now? Okay, what's up? Well, I don't want to really admit to anything, but let's just say I may or may not have efficated on someone's property that rhymes with retinomark. In public again? Listen, you pipsqueak, I don't have time to explain myself. I need bail money, and I've got another money-making t-shirt idea for your K-Refs. Last week at Kansas, but I think he only threw like seven passes, so we'll see his availability. UCF is off this week, but yeah, rough start for UCF so far in the conference. Not great. Yeah, the, uh, you know, if if you just paid attention to their Twitter army, you would expect them to... uh, be a top 10 team by now but life is a little bit different on the power five level as many of them are learning right so yeah tough stuff but hey look can't take anybody for granted nope they're gonna come to play they know dylan gabriel well i mean cannot take anybody for and i know it's a cliche thing to do tyler right everybody says you know you know what guys can't overlook this team man anybody can come get you yeah you can say that every week i get it it just I don't know. There's a little bit of familiarity there. And we're coming off the most emotional win in the program since when, Tyler? Oh, my gosh. Um, I guess the easy answer is the 2021 game, but it feels even a, a, a bit more so than that. Yeah, it the does. Win, the win at the Horseshoe in 2017? Yeah. Maybe even longer than that. I, I don't know. Just different feels coming out of that game. Exactly. I think it was the last I – think, I think the shoe was the last time that we beat a top three AP team. Uh, literally, I think I think it had been that long since we beat somebody ranked in the top three of the AP poll. Yeah, Ohio so, State was two that night. I, I think yes, that's they right. were. Yeah. Yep. So I think uh, that that was the last time. So yeah, and, and it's it's all about how you deal with the emotion, right? And you know, I don't doubt Danny's going to be locked in, but you know, when you're when you're on the Jim Rome show, when you're on McAfee, when you when you got you know probably by that time 10 million views on your texas hype video when you got you know a new shirt coming out when you got all this that and the other going on you know it can it's human nature you know you yeah. can you can have a letdown and, and look i i know that this team is way more focused on team goals and winning a conference title and a national championship and all that but i do think it would be big for this program if they had a buckus award winner it would be another sign that the defense is not just better it's shown incredible growth in a year's time after last year, right? And I don't see any other college linebacker going on McAfee or going on these national radio shows. And whether it's right or it's, or if it's wrong, I think Danny Stutzman kind of doing the uh, the media tour today 
it probably helps out his Buckus Award candidacy, I, I would guess. It, it absolutely does. Um, you know, as Teddy has said, you've got to be on a really good defense, you know, in order to win those awards. Well, check that box, uh, you know, when you look at especially the advanced analytics, not only the tops in the Big 12 on offensive or on uh, total defense and on scoring defense, but defensive efficiency would be number one in the SEC if we were in that conference right now. So he's on the good defense check. You've got to have Buzz coming in. I mean, he led the Big 12 in tackles last year. He was, you know, a household name around these parts. But now he's going to be a household name across other sports, right? I mean, that interview, that reaches a bunch of NFL fans, a bunch of WWE fans, a bunch of NBA fans, this, that, and the other. So he's got that campaign cooking, no doubt. But, again, the the reason I don't think that there's going to be that big of a letdown, Tyler, is I think I think next week, even though it's an 11 a.m. kick, I think next week is going to be one of the best pregames we've had because I think a lot of the people that weren't down there in Dallas, I think it's going to be their opportunity to kind of welcome them sure. home, right? Welcome them and back home. And that's a big game for Dylan Gabriel, too. You know, Massive, massive game. And, yes. I, and I think that this team knows how big of a game that is for Dylan Gabriel, and I, I just – I don't think they'll sleepwalk, but yeah, no, you're right. For the people that didn't get to go to Dallas, and even for the people that did go to Dallas, it's like the opportunity, especially in the pregame, to be like, we love you guys! We love you! It's awesome! Going in the right direction! Everyone sucks and they were wrong. And when they play, because I'm sure they're going to, when they show the intro video before the game and they show the goal line stand and Dylan Gabriel's touchdown pass to Nick Anderson, that place is going to explode uh, a week from Saturday. What what do you think? Uh, do you think it would catch on, Tyler, if um, if the boss did what he ended the hype video with? If he Man. did it to the crowd pregame, yeah. you know what? Let's let's find out. How about that? I I would love to find out and see if it would catch on. My answer would be if Boz is doing it, yes, it would catch on, and everyone would love it. What if they cut the video right there? Like play the whole hype video, cut the video right there, and Boz came out of the tunnel and did repeat after me. Or, no, or, or, be... or just right before kickoff, they play. Repeat after me. They know. They know. We know. We know. The whole world knows. Oh. Man, it'd be a giant mosh pit uh, inside the stadium. Got to make that. it happen. Jeez. Uh, let me read one text. KW918, when OU is in the SEC, playing at the Cotton Bowl every year is a recruiting advantage if you ask me every year we get a sellout game in texas in that atmosphere is something that no other school can accept other than the shorthorns i do think that this rivalry has always been um you know one of the three five most famous in college football but you know how the sec works the sec it's now an sec rivalry so it's probably going to get kicked up a notch nationally perception wise which I think is crap but that's unfortunate reality um yeah I K-Dub and the 918 I do agree with you I don't know if it just means Texas and Oklahoma kids where that's the case but it's the most unique game in the sport and I definitely think it's a recruiting pitch yeah I mean the recruiting pitch is going to be look who shows up because you know not to keep bringing up Pate but he he makes note of there's no luxury boxes at the Cotton Bowl, Tyler. So when you're there and you're a recruit, you've got you've got Baker Mayfield and Trey Young standing on the sideline, like in in the end zone. You've got Pat McAfee, you got Matthew McConaughey, you've got, you know, and I know he's a Texas guy. Well, he might be a Colorado guy now, who knows. But um, you've got all these guys on the sidelines 
And now, especially with Tyler, especially with three out of the four games, I mean, obviously not including last year, three out of the four games have been absolute classics. These are going to be games that people just want to come back to. I mean, this is a situation where it's not the flash of things we're seeing, like at Colorado. Like, it's not the flash of why celebrities want to be there, this, that, and the other. No, they want to be there because the environment's crazy and the teams are really, really good and they are at the top of the sport. I mean, just ask Lana Del Rey. You know, she was there. So crazy. It's but but I think with that, you you've got celebrities, but the celebrities aren't in their private boxes. They aren't yeah. you know shown on the jumbotron through the glass. There's nothing they corporate are, about that game. There's nothing no, corporate it is about it. football. We are it all football. We are all the same in that uh, mostly heat box most most years. All right, we'll hit more OU football next right here on the Ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. This fall, Riverwind is the best place to play. And the best music and food truck festival around, Beats and Bites. Come sing along to the gym. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Yes, I agree. Jim and Arlington, please keep Taylor Swift away from OU Texas. She didn't have a suite to sit in. Taylor Swift uh, won't be at OU Texas, I'm sure, anytime soon. Travis, I have a giant L here, okay? And I'm handing you the giant L, and then you get to hand that giant L to a team in college football this weekend. I'm giving you the magical power of picking any team in college football playing this weekend to get an L this weekend. Who are you using it on? Wow. A lot of really good candidates. A lot of really good candidates. Uh, you know, the recruiting comes to mind, so you want Missouri to lose against Kentucky, but Kentucky's favorite in that game, so I don't think you know, I don't think I'm gonna use it on somebody that's, you know, already an underdog. You could obviously go Notre Dame USC. Yeah. Always good to see them uh, you know, USC lose, but Notre Dame's favored in that game. So mm, let's go all the way up. And let's take the biggest, you know, the the biggest dog in in the top twenty-five. I'm taking Indiana over Michigan. That'd be sweet. Indiana over Michigan, or Vandy 30. over Georgia would be well. Fantastic. That was that was my other one. The Vandy over Georgia. Obviously, the argument is, well, Georgia goes careening down the rankings, and and the whole idea of OU and Texas not being ready for the SEC. Georgia's out here losing to Vanderbilt. Come on now. So, you know, that would be one thing. I'm thinking I want to take out Michigan or Ohio State simply to stop the possibility of the Big Ten getting two teams in again. I don't think they will, but I just want to make sure and, and put an end to the possibility. So I think I would pick Michigan specifically to, uh, to take that L. I so. like your thinking. It wasn't just USC, I hate them, which that's a great answer as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's where the text line's going. Jalapeno says USC. 405, I'd give the L to USC. Brent from Jinx, L goes to Muleshoe. That's the thing about a bye week. You just sit back, hand out an L to someone, and not worry about it. 
I don't think we'll need the magical L, though. I think nah, they're going to lose. No, you take care of business. Not only are you in the playoff, um, I don't think that you're going to be sneaking in as the uh, number four team like you've had uh, a couple of times, you know? I, I think that you're comfortably in and, and maybe the yeah. maybe even the home team in one of these matchups, which would be a nice change. Yeah, it would be a nice change. I just uh, I, I need a bit of I need a bit of, of upsets to happen at the at the at the top because we haven't had that this year, Tyler. The top fifteen teams from the preseason poll, I think they have of their double digit point uh, spreads. I think we've only had one outright upset. It's they're like sixty three and one or something like that. So we need a little bit. I mean, we can take care of business, but it's always good to have a little bit of trouble up front. Indecisive Sooner says, "I want Texas to lose." Me too, but they don't play this weekend. So whatever that looks like, maybe I'll throw the uh, the yell their way. We'll see. All right, final hour of the rush is coming up next. Danny Stutzman was on the Pat McAfee show. We'll review that and a whole lot more OU football as well, right here on the ref.